sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, and our co-host knows that when the patient gets upset, you quone them. He's not a doctor. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a captain. They call me AKA Dr. Death. It's good to be seen. It's good to see you. Or maybe it's not good to see you. Depends on what your illness is. Thanks for listening, and thanks for telling a friend. Today, we praise the beer gods because we still have some Broken Heels Hazy IPA to sip on. This is by the good folks over at New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail loaded this baby with hand-selected hops, so this beer packs a strong punch and finishes with refreshing tropical notes. A special thank you to my friends Steph and Patrick from PA for supplying me with some good beers and some great times. Garage grade on this bad boy for out of five bottle caps and you know who else gets a special thank you our friends right here first up let's start with chase in crystal springs mississippi and a big we like your jib to michael in ermo south carolina and you know what isaac in rineyville kentucky has a nice jib pass it on more like nice Heineville. big shout out to shane from hayden alabama and mark and alicia want to ban the van in oregon city and last but certainly not least, we have Joseph in Chicago. Thank you to everybody for filling up the beer fridge. We got it plugged in, double plugged into the wall, keeping those beers cold for this week, trying to survive here in the garage. Hit me one time, B-W-E-W-R-U-N, beer run. Hit you a couple times. Hit you a couple times, beer, B-W-E-W-R-U-N, beer run. All right, thanks for filling up the fridge. If you need something else to listen to, you need more True Crime Garage in your earballs. If your balls can't get enough, then check out our bonus show on Stitcher Premium. It's called Off the Record Case Updates, New Theories, and Sometimes Just Some Silliness. And that is enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. We've arrived at that time here, Captain, where we have to discuss a polygraph test. Some people get very upset if you talk about polygraph tests. Some people get upset if you leave them out. We make our own rules in this garage, and here we go. I'm going to talk about a polygraph test for everybody out there. Justin DePietro, in one of his interviews with the main Sentinel, Justin said that he did take a polygraph test. 
He said, I asked for a polygraph on day one. I've taken one and the results, I was never allowed to see them. It's something you're going to have to ask law enforcement about. This is not really true. He did take the polygraph test. However, Steve McClausen, the spokesman for the main department of public safety said, quote, he, Justin, knows how he did because we told him to say he didn't know is just not true, end quote. So how did Justin do on the poly? McClausen said that he would not say uh, that was not going to be public information. But Justin would tell us how he did. He says, I know I went in there and smoked it. Mm. I told the truth and that's it. But did police actually tell Justin that he passed? Justin dodged this question. You know, how did you do? Did they tell you that you passed? How did? How can you say that you smoked it unless they told you that you passed? And he dodged this question. He said, they can tell me whatever they want. Again, I didn't physically see the results. I don't know that that a lay person could physically see the results and know the answers or know how they performed on the test. The Sentinel reporter pressed him on this issue and asked him if police told him he failed. Justin said, that's all irrelevant. I wanted to see the results myself. They're not letting me see them. Why don't they let the public see them? We don't think we need to say any more about this polygraph here in the garage, because I think at this point, We've been clear that in this investigation, as large as it was, that the police have determined they're going to keep a lot of stuff close to their vest. They're not going to release anything more than they have to. So this is difficult when you look at this case from a national media standpoint, because now you have Justin, who is less forthcoming, but at times does come forward and give interviews or answer some questions release statements and you have Trista who's doing a media blitz. She's doing every media bit that she can Mm -hmm. when law enforcement, when they're not telling us their opinions or what the evidence shows them, we're kind of left to observe these two individuals behaving a little differently from one another, but they're also allowed to paint their own picture to tell their side of the story And we're left with very little to back up either person's story. But what we do know is there's no evidence of this child leaving the house. You bring in multiple canine units to try to pick up a scent and they don't get one. And we have law enforcement saying, and if this is true, that they gave a polygraph early on in the investigation, is this part of the evidence that law enforcement then goes, hey, we don't believe that this child is alive. We believe that there was foul play involved. And you're exactly right, Captain, because this is the direction that the investigation is moving toward. And we know that because on December 30th, there was more news out of Waterville, but it wasn't good news. It was news telling us that the case was officially declared a criminal investigation and would now be spearheaded by the Maine State Police major crimes unit chief Massey's written release to the public said quote at this point we believe that foul play has occurred in connection with ayla's disappearance we base our conclusions on evidence gathered by investigators during the past two weeks this case has evolved from the search for a missing child to a criminal investigation end quote And sure enough, a state police evidence response team was back at the DePietro home right around the time of this statement being released to the public. They're out there taking measurements of the driveway. They're removing windows and doing other things that they simply would not discuss on the record. The home was finally released back to the DePietro family this on December 31st. By this point in our timeline, Captain, Ayla has been missing for 14 days. In the new year, dive teams plunged into sections of the Kanabec River based on projections of where Ayla could be per map analysis, but unfortunately found nothing. The investigation continued with several members of the extended DePietro 
and Reynolds' families taking polygraphs and searches ongoing. Police would not discuss who took lie detector tests publicly, but Alicia DiPietro told the Sentinel newspaper that she took one and, quote, did fine. Yeah, she she said she smoked it. <laughs> right. Well, she says she did fine, and Justin said he smoked it. Like, that's not the proper way to take the test, sir. The proper way is to answer the questions. Well, look, I mean. <laughs> not smoke the test. Uh, let me just tell you, he is uh, what we consider a douche. When I sat down shit. for the SATs, I didn't fill mm-hmm. out that paper. I rolled it up and smoked it. Smoked it. it. <laughs> yeah. On January 28th, there was more not good news. And this time it's going to be a doozy because police confirmed that they had found blood in the DePietro home. They would not initially say whose blood Mm -hmm. or how much, but stating that blood was found in the basement of the house and it had been found via the crime scene techs use of luminol. And I'm sure most of our listeners know exactly what luminol is Well, to be more clear it was found in the basement but it was found where justin was staying what they considered to be his bedroom that's right and the official statement was this we find the discovery of blood troubling and it's also frustrating that we think that three adults in the home that night haven't told us everything that they know There were three adults in the home, and their version of events is not backed up by any forensic evidence that we have located. Well, they also found blood on the bottom of his shoes, which would have been blood from his daughter. And this is echoing something that you said earlier, Captain, that in their statement says, you know, the three adults are basically telling us that they believe that someone slipped into the home in the middle of the night, but all three adults were there. And that that someone went into the bedroom where Ayla was sleeping alone, removed her, and vanished into the night. And the three adults did not see or hear anything. And police straight up saying, this doesn't pass the straight face test, as they Mm -hmm. called it. And police said that they had received several hundred pieces of potential evidence from the DiPietro home. What all of it was has never been officially addressed or released to the public. We do know that they removed a window. This was the window closest to Ayla's bed. And later it was said that they determined that the windows to the home could not have been opened from the outside and that they had not been tampered with. Mm -hmm. The DiPietro family challenged the assertions that they were not being forthcoming with all of what they knew. And in fact, they said that the investigators had not done a very thorough job in their forensic investigation of the DePetro home. Alicia herself says there were things that they didn't fingerprint in Ayla's room that they felt that they should have. Uh, she said that they were referring to a table that was located directly beneath the bedroom window and some other items of furniture. She says that the family learned that the window to Ayla's room was unlocked on the night of her disappearance. And it says, and goes on to say that we do look, they just make up their stories. They're, they're trying to control whatever narrative you have the police coming out saying these windows, if locked would not be able to be opened from the outside. The, if the police knew that that window was unlocked that night, then that's more evidence towards the idea that there could have been a possible intruder. Right. So to me, this is just them controlling the narrative. Exactly. And I don't think that Waterville PD or the main state police would bother to go out of their way to tell us that, hey, these these windows were secure. They weren't tampered with if they had reason to believe otherwise. Right. Or to believe that some of the windows were unlocked. And so here, let me break it down to you how it works. If you have a table underneath a window that you don't believe was ever open, what's the point? There's no point of the table being put into evidence. And people can question that as much as they want that statement or what the forensic detectives did inside the house that time during their investigation and what evidence they chose to collect or ignore. But what 
people out in listener land that aren't familiar with this case do not know is that there's evidence that they were finding to suggest that not only did was Ayla not taken from that room that night in the middle of the night, that something else probably went down in the house and it didn't go down in that bedroom. Yeah, there was a lot of blood found. Yeah. And and there's actually, I saw something, I think it was a like Crime Watch Daily where they had a blueprint of the blueprints. They had blueprints of the house and they had all these indicators where they found blood. It was all over the place. And I believe that Justin's sister said, well, she, the baby was throwing up mm-hmm. because she's lactose intolerant. She's throwing up blood. Well, see, that's what's going to happen here, captain, in this part of our timeline where again, new information comes out. And like you said, we have the DePetros who come forward. That's when they're willing to come forward all of a sudden and talk. When new information comes out and it doesn't make them look so good, now they have a reason to come forward and talk to explain things away or push you or your attention into another direction. Well, that's why you don't explain things in the first place because then when the evidence comes out, it doesn't contradict your first story. Well, and this is where the public's going to get a lot of their information on this case. So... Let's go back to the end of January. This is a vigil that was held for the still missing Ayla Reynolds, where at the candlelight vigil, Trista and Justin were seen talking briefly, and it seemed like everything was okay between the two of them. They're even seen hugging very briefly for the first time in this whole ordeal. This being a little surprising to everybody that's been watching the coverage so far, where they're kind of in a roundabout way, pointing fingers at each other. And especially Trista is pointing the finger at her ex pretty hard, I think, in in this situation in some of her interviews and statements. Now, her family, specifically her mother, Becca's husband, his name is Jeff Hansen, he started a website called AylaReynolds.com. And on there, they posted whatever information they felt would shine a negative light on Justin. Of course, it's the idea of the website, Captain, is to help find Ayla, provide information to the public that will help locate Ayla. But when you view it, what you're going to see there is a lot of information that speaks negatively about Justin and his inner circle. So after the comments about the blood being found in the house, their website published more information, even though the police did not want this information revealed. The info was that the blood found at Justin's home belonged to Ayla. Remember, they didn't say who the blood was from, but apparently the Reynolds have reason to believe that they know that it's from, they being law enforcement, know that it was from Ayla. They post this on the website And adding that the police told the family that the blood was more than a small cut would produce. Yeah, is equal to a cup full, pretty much by Justin's bed. So then I wonder, was there a rug there? Was there a towel there that was discarded that might have had even more blood on it? And so if that cup full is more than a, a small cut would produce, how big of an injury And what kind of injury happened to this poor child? Well, and with this information somewhat leaked out to the public, now the the authorities are backed into a corner. So then they have to then confirm that the blood found in the house was, in fact, Ayla's, to which the DePetros are going to respond now. And we have Alicia, who told Crime Watch Daily that Ayla was lactose intolerant and sick and vomiting which she believed explained the police findings of blood in the house. But I don't know. I couldn't imagine. Your child is puking up blood. You go to the emergency room. Yes. That's, that's the issue with this. If that was truly what was going on, giant pile of dog shit, maybe, maybe she didn't add enough words to her statement. Maybe she meant to indicate or to, to tell us that, the girl could have been vomiting in the middle of the night, you know, when they weren't around, when no one was around to see it. But that's 
I'm with you, Captain. That's immediately where my mind goes. If if I see anyone, child or, or adult or otherwise, vomiting blood, we get some people with medical know-how involved in the situation. Yeah. Okay, look, it, with this Justin character, you don't have to use your imagination to th- know what I think of him. But I don't want to throw his mother under the bus or his sister under the bus and the fact of I don't know what they know. His mother wasn't there that night. You know, supposedly this guy's girlfriend was there. I'm They're not together now. But why the hell isn't she coming forward? And then, but his sister, I can't give you a pass. If my niece or nephew was over here throwing up blood and I called my sister and said, hey, your kid is throwing up blood. And she said, don't worry about it. They're, they're lactose intolerant. I go, no, this ain't right. They need to go to the emergency room. They need to see a doctor. We, I need to have somebody tell me um, that this is okay. I've never heard of anybody throwing up blood because they're lactose intolerant. Well, the website was eventually converted to a blog in 2012 called Answers for Ayla. And it continued to release information. And we should be clear here, though, Captain, some of the information that they're pumping out, it does paint Justin in a bad light and maybe his sister as well. But law enforcement technically have not backed up a lot of the information that's being released on that that site at the time. One thing that was curious was that they were stating on the website that Justin took out a life insurance policy on Ayla. Uh, this would have been soon after he took custody of her. So not something that he had from birth, but according to their website, if he did this, this was something he did after he had her in his custody. In February of 2012, Justin and his family and friends granted another interview with the Morning Sentinel. They stuck to their guns that Ayla was kidnapped. Justin said there were good reasons to believe Ayla was kidnapped, but he would not elaborate on that. Later, he said that he found out Trista had been in Waterville. This is something that you had talked about. Had been in Waterville around the time Ayla vanished. He's referring to that drive that Trista was on, the drive from Portland, and in fact, everybody's right. It would have taken her right by Waterville. It's very. It's weird. Yeah, it's very suspicious. The, the, my other issue, too, is she's going to go see her boyfriend or fiance and he's in prison. I mean, is that correct? That's the information I have. So, so Trista just has a shitty ass picker. Like, get a better picker. You know, like you, you have a, and not just for yourself, but for your daughter, you know, you, you have a 22 month old daughter and you're, you're picking some scumbag that's in jail. Mm-hmm. Like, and who knows what he did, right? What he was in, in there for. And, and maybe instead of taking this long trip to go visit somebody, maybe you, because Justin is not letting you talk to your daughter. I believe the day before he said, no, you can't talk to her because she's watching Home Alone 2. Now, how much is a 22-month-year-old understanding of Home Alone 2? At that point, when somebody says, no, you can't talk to your daughter, yeah, 75 miles away, I'm driving up to check on my daughter. But she wasn't doing that. She was going up to visit her boyfriend because her life. Well, true, but she's also filed. She's filed paperwork with the court system to get custody of her daughter back. No, she's taking legal matters into to her own hands and pursuing getting her daughter back. I understand that. But but when you when she says, look, I tried to talk to my daughter. He wouldn't let me talk to her because she's watching a movie. She found that to be fishy or suspicious. It's like you're in that area. Stop by, and and check on your daughter. Yeah, stop by, check on yeah. her. And it also goes back to what you were talking about earlier. That's why you need to have a plan in place. You have to have these formalities of who gets Ayla when, and where she's supposed to be. 
that that's why you should have these things put into place so you don't find yourself in a situation because when you don't have that put into place you can't control what the other side's going to do you could be the most the best mother ever the most responsible parent ever mm-hmm. and do everything right however you cannot control anything that the other parent is going to do we all know the captain loves his moms right but there just needs to be a lot more education to be a, a a woman in today's age. I mean, after the age of 30, they start calling women geriatric mothers. Like how, how, how awful was that? Well, you know, we should be applauding people that decide to wait until they're financially stable until they're in a better spot in their life to bring a child into this world. But but we but we have the nerve to call women geriatric mothers at the age of like thirty five or whatever it is. It's ridiculous. But that's a whole nother rant. But but again, and I don't want to throw her too much under the bus. But she then says, "Well, I was thinking once I visited my boyfriend or fiance or whatever the heck he is, right." that she was thinking that maybe she could stop by on the way back. And then obviously she got the call, but we won't know if that's just her explaining a situation away after the information. Well, twice in this case, uh, once on searches and once kind of happenstance, there were remains found that people believed at least for a short period of time could have been that of Ayla Reynolds. And the first was in uh, 2012 when they recovered a skeleton, but very quickly determined that it was not Ayla because it was an adult-sized skeleton. But when the first news of it came out, they thought, well, maybe we finally found her. Right. This turned out to be the remains of Stephen C. Brandon of Waterville, who this is very tragic, like a tragic side story here. He had been missing since February of 2004, so eight years. Um, it, I've did a little digging, and it, it appears that his death was a suicide. But can you imagine the hurt of of Stephen Brandon's family, who went without answers for eight years in his in his case? He's was missing all of this time. The other was when a baby doe, or who was later dubbed the Deer Island Jane Doe was found in June of 2015. This one looked like it might be a little more likely to be Ayla because it was the remains were that of an unidentified toddler. Uh, But it was eventually proved that Ayla was not a possible identity match for those remains. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. 
Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Cheers to all the good mothers out there and good fathers out there and people in the front and the back. And cheers to the Billy Goat himself. The, I don't, I don't like this new name. The Billy Goat. No. The it's no good. Um, so goat, The goat of true crime. What's going on here, Captain? What this is going to devolve into in regards to the DiPietro family and the Reynolds family is... A lot of interestingly bad behavior on both parts. So we have a situation where the windows of Phoebe DiPietro's home were broken. Two of the windows were busted out. And police arrested 19-year-old Jeremy Hansen for this act of vandalism, who is a relative of Trista's. And then we have a situation where in July... 
there's this weird episode of Lance DePietro. So this is Justin's brother. I guess he's sort of the enforcer in the family, or at least as the a judge would later refer to him as an enforcer. He was convicted of assaulting his sister Alicia's estranged baby daddy, Justin Linnell. Uh, Linnell was involved in a custody dispute with Alicia over the child, and apparently he had posted some comments on Facebook about his suspicions of Justin DePietro's involvement in what happened to Ayla. And so after that, this is when the brother steps into action and uh, assaults this guy. And Lance, I'm not going to get into it, but he already by this point in his life had a, a pretty extensive rap sheet. In July of 2013, Justin himself was arrested for assault. And this is interesting because the person he assaulted was Courtney Roberts, his now ex-girlfriend, but she's the girlfriend that was staying with him on the night that Ayla vanished. The story goes like this, that the two had an argument and Justin grabbed and pushed Courtney. He was arrested again in September for violating his bail and being in possession of alcohol. You're, look, you're a shit wagon if you put your hands on a woman. The reason that this altercation is of interest to me is that, look, I, I'm not thinking or believing Justin's story of what's going on. We're getting leaked this information about evidence that's telling us something else happened. Now... Courtney's got reason to go against Justin, but never really tells us anything bad. You know, doesn't come forward and say Justin was lying. Justin did something to Ayla. We don't get any information from Courtney where now she's in a position to where she might want to join the other side and finally tell the truth. Is she really? Or is she just in a position that we know that this guy is now capable of violence and and maybe when they got in an argument, she said, I, I'll, I'll go to the cops. And that's why the, the it even escalated. And is she fearful of her safety? Or does she also feel like it's too late that if she comes forward now that she's, she's had gonna, too much involvement? Yeah, she'll be railroaded herself. Well, around the same time that this is all going on, we have a situation behind the scenes, Captain, where the police contact both parents both of Ayla's parents Justin and Trista separately and they say look we don't believe that she's still alive we're months and months into this investigation we have evidence that tell us that she's probably not alive and we have reasons to believe that she's not alive and now we're conducting our investigation as such with that in mind so the parents were notified by the police of that change in their investigation. This leads us to late September, 2013. Remember Justin has that assault charge against Courtney or on Courtney. I apologize. And this gets interesting because there ends up being a headline regarding this, his court date for September, 2013 from central Maine.com. And the headline reads, Ayla Reynolds' family feud erupts outside courthouse. This would be almost comical, right? If the subject matter weren't so tragic. If we didn't have a missing little girl here. Well, it shows you how immature both parties involved are. Well, let's, let's review what went down here, according to Central Maine. As they reported it, they said a confrontation began when DePietro's mother, Phoebe DePietro, called... Reynolds' father, Ryan Reynolds, an obscenity in the courtroom, prompting him to follow her into a hallway where the verbal exchange escalated, according to witnesses. Phoebe DePietro walked past Trista and Ron Reynolds and whispered something to them. Ron Reynolds then stood up and followed her out into the hallway, shouting, What did you say to me? Phoebe DePietro kept walking while Reynolds was restrained by security officers and he's yelling, your son killed my granddaughter. Now, Phoebe DiPietro and Ron Reynolds were escorted from the building by the marshals. And this, what followed shortly afterward was Trista Reynolds and other members of the Reynolds family were asked to leave. So this situation 
devolves into basically some of the Reynolds camp shouting at the DePetros, we know you did something wrong, you know, your son killed my granddaughter, things of that nature. But what's interesting here is, look, you get you got people out there in listener land right now who are going, well, why in the hell would the Reynolds family even be at this hearing about Justin's domestic violence charge at all, right? It didn't involve them. It didn't involve their granddaughter or daughter, Ayla. The short answer is Trista had actually quite cleverly planned this out. She wanted to force some kind of confrontation with Justin, a public confrontation to draw attention to the fact that she believed that he should be charged in Ayla's disappearance. And his court appearance gave her a platform to do this. And she said, quote, I don't understand why Justin, Alicia, and Courtney have not been charged yet. Those would be the three adults at the DePetro home the night that Ayla went missing. I don't understand why they haven't been charged with lying to the police. We respect the dedication of the police agencies and the prosecutor's office in pursuing this case. However, we disagree with the delaying arrest and prosecution. So this gets very convoluted. And then sometimes people say, well, follow the money and maybe that will lead you to what really happened. And what we do know is three days before she went missing, that Justin, the father, took out a life insurance policy on her. Now, that can't be collected just because she goes missing. So he would have to, or Trista would have to, declare her deceased. Now, in order to do this, that's not that easy. You have to have some kind of evidence where you can submit that to the courts, and then the courts have to decide whether they're going to declare her as deceased or not. Yes, which doesn't automatically then trigger the insurance money payout. Correct. Now, I mean, we're jumping ahead here quite a bit because it wasn't until 2019 that Justin was specifically asked about the insurance policy. And we now know that that was not just an accusation by the Reynolds family. It was, in fact, true because his own words were, yes, we did have a life insurance policy on Ayla Reynolds. And according to his statement, he bought a life insurance policy on Ayla about a month before her disappearance is his statement. Let's get into the blood evidence that Trista's family is going to use to try to get her declared deceased. Well, the blood evidence is more... Yes, it's it is used for that for that purpose as well. But when the blood evidence gets released to the public, it's being released via the Reynolds website for Ayla, the one that's putting out information, putting Justin DePietro in a bad light. So this information comes on their website magically shortly after this shouting match outside of the courthouse at Justin's domestic violence charge case. What they did was they posted documents on their website. They had a ton of information on them, which if true are very damning, it's very damning information. So I'll read through this. It says on January 3rd of this year, investigators from the Maine state police met with Trista Alex, which is Trista's boyfriend and Melissa, which is Alex's mother for the purpose of disclosing a slideshow of select blood evidence collected from the DePetro's property in Ayla's case. The following summarizes the slideshow contents. Ayla's blood found. The blood evidence described here was visible to the naked eye. So everything we are about to list for you here was visible to the naked eye of the detectives and the forensic techs working the scene. They found... Several drops of Ayla's blood were found on the left shoulder strap of Ayla's car seat in Justin's vehicle. Ayla's dried vomit was found on the back seat. Droplets of Ayla's blood were found on pom-poms of her pink princess slippers. A silver dollar-sized stain of Ayla's blood was found on a sofa in the DePetro family's living room. This would be in the main floor of the house. 
Ayla's blood was found smeared on her baby doll's face and arms in the bedroom that she shared with Alicia DiPietro's daughter. What they state here, Captain, is that the thought was that maybe Ayla tried to wipe blood from her mouth with the doll. I've not seen the doll or the blood evidence on this or, or a photograph of this as it's not been released to the public, but I'm guessing that, that the smear of that blood would give the impression that that might have been something that occurred. Drops of Ayla's blood were found on a fan cord in Justin's basement bedroom. Ayla's blood, spa- Ayla's blood splatter was found on a plastic blue tote in the basement and a sheet that was found inside had Ayla's blood stains on it as well. The Maine State Police said that they believed that this sheet was used to clean up Ayla's blood. Several drops of Ayla's blood were found on the tongue and inside Justin's sneakers in the basement beside his bed. A fist-sized stain of Ayla's blood was found on Justin's mattress and sheets. This sample contained saliva, possibly vomit, and a toy hair, a toy-like hair, pink fiber, which at the time the state police had not identified. But later we're going to learn that that came from a toy. Several splatters of Ayla's blood were found on sections of the cement floor and wall beside Justin's bed. These blood splatters were consistent with Ayla's standing height and were up to a dime in size. State police blood analysis determined that the blood splatters were created by intense projectile vomiting and or blunt force trauma. Several splatters of Ayla's blood were found on a wood pallet leaning against a wall in the basement. Now, the state police detectives and a grief counselor from the attorney general's office were there with the Reynolds family with Trista during this slideshow. And after the photos of blood visible to the naked eye were shown, the state police began to show the luminol enhanced photo. So this is blood that they only found by way of use of luminol. Well, I bet these rooms lit up like a damn Christmas tree. Well, the, the collective impression from the slideshow that Trista, Alex, and Melissa are seeing was that, you know, Justin's bedroom looked like a murder scene from all of the blood evidence that they're showing coming from that basement area. The state police determined that the samples, some of the samples of Ayla's blood exhibited a spray pattern. So this is not consistent with like a cut, like, oh, I cut my hand on a, on a, a, a can or, or, on some broken glass or something of that nature. This is blood that's being sprayed out. Some of the samples uh, contained saliva. Of course, this could be from the vomiting, but what the state police were saying was that they believe that the evidence is showing them that Ayla was coughing up blood from internal injuries. And they concluded that Ayla's injuries were both internal and external, according to the blood evidence that they were finding. Mm Mm-hmm. Makes you wonder if they gave her some liquid to drink or or some items to drink or or, or to eat, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I mean to, I don't to know. To cause death. I mean whatever happened was would have been a violent reaction. Yeah. By the child if she was given something, but they're stating that they believe that the blood evidence is showing them that the injuries were internal and external. I mean, how is that not enough to put somebody behind bars? This poor girl. How, how could you do that to, to a child? Well, and this is an interesting way to sort of spin it or bring some kind of justice for Ayla against Justin here. Because in 2014, Trista wrote a letter to the Morning Sentinel newspaper. This was requesting that the district attorney should bring child endangerment charges against Justin DePietro. Tristan had acknowledged in the past that the murder charges were unlikely without her child's body, but she pointed out in this letter that police had found blood, they shared that information with her, and believed it was of sufficient amounts to indicate a crime had been committed. Now, 
at this time in our timeline, 2014, the statute of limitations on the child endangerment charges would expire in months, if not levied against Justin quickly. Her letter said, quote, who can argue Ayla was not a victim of heinous abuse? Her father had a duty to protect her, and he did not. And for that, he needs to be prosecuted. You may not have the authority to prosecute Justin for murder, but you do have the authority and the obligation to prosecute him for other crimes. And then Trista went on to detail the evidence that police had collected, the blood evidence, to back up her statement of, hey, at least charge this guy with something. Now, one of the confusing legal matters in this case, wrapped up in the whole case itself, is unfortunately the district attorney didn't have any jurisdiction over this case because the case had already been transferred early in the investigation to the state attorney general's office. So per main law, the attorney general has exclusive jurisdiction over homicides and other major cases. And since Ayla's case was considered a major case, that's where the jurisdiction would lie. So deputy attorney general, William Stokes explained that the main criminal code, a defendant can't be subject to separate trials for multiple offenses based on the same conduct or arising from the same crime, except in certain instances. This means that if they went ahead and nailed Justin for child endangerment, then the state would lose the ability later to prosecute him for murder. So their hands are a little tied here. And it looks to me like what you were saying earlier, Captain, they have some evidence telling them that a murder is probably what we're dealing with. That's ultimately what they want to charge him with. And that's the direction that their investigation has been on for quite some time. Yeah, it seems to me like this individual, the father, should be put into prison. And it seems to me that there's clearly enough evidence to know that that this child was murdered and murdered in that house and that these adults, four of them, let's say, because whether the, the mother was there or not, she has to know more than that she's saying and why they're not coming forward is absolutely ridiculous. Why are you going to try to save your son and, and not protect your granddaughter? It's absolutely just doesn't make any sense. We put this guy in prison, you know, he'd become a, a knob peddler, butt junkie, Real quick in prison. The direction that Trista is going to go in and pursue, again, trying to seek some kind of justice. Unfortunately, in 2017, she has to go in front of a judge and explain that her child is dead. I need you to legally declare Ayla to be dead. Yeah. Here's some of the evidence that I was shown. Can you can you please make this uh, determination? And of course, no parent wants to have to go in front of a judge and ask for this, for anything like this at all. You want to keep hope and hold on to hope that maybe there's a chance that she's still alive. But part of this is to try to get some form of justice because once Ayla is legally declared to be dead, now we can pursue some civil action against Justin DePietro. If we can't get him for criminal, in the criminal courts, we'll get him in a civil lawsuit court. We will charge, you know, we will come at him with a lawsuit of a wrongful death lawsuit. And this opens up a couple of things. One, it opens up the closed case files of Ayla Reynolds investigation and what the police findings were and what they know and the facts that they collected along the way. It opens those up to both sides, the DePetros and the Reynolds, pursuing those and reviewing that information in there in either a defense or a challenge against Justin. It also opens up Justin, DePetro, his mother, his sister, his ex-girlfriend to a whole different line of questioning. Because in this arena, Captain, they will be deposed. So they will be under oath. They will be held to the standard that they could perjure themselves. Or if they start telling different stories or even 
different stories from one another that would warrant further investigation. You can't have three adults in the house all telling different stories that night. Yeah, again, like I said, it's just it's unbelievable that his family would have this. They have the evidence in front of their face, and that somebody's not coming forward and saying whether it's an accident or or not or whatever. It's like they. It's almost like they didn't care at all about this poor little baby. Well, and that's what's bizarre here in this case to me, because we've seen other cases where something bad goes down and years go by and then stories start to change or information coming out of the bad guys camp, which sorry to Petros, I'm calling you the bad guys camp because you look like a bunch of bad guys right now. And in these other stories that we've covered, there's information that comes out later in from the bad guys camps that, that, that start to tell us a little bit of what may have happened that yes, that there was some kind of accident or there was some kind of violence that night, or we gave the child something and they had a reaction here. It's bizarro to me, Captain, that we have all these years later, and I'm glad. I'm 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 very happy that the Reynolds pursued this civil suit to try to force these individuals to talk because I can't believe look, at the end of the day, you could tell me maybe Mama DePietro doesn't know what happened. And I could believe that. I could take a bite off that apple and roll with it. But I can't believe that his sister and his girlfriend, I can't think of a scenario that would go down that would show and leave this kind of evidence, blood evidence in the house that they didn't see anything or hear anything or not know. I absolutely 100% believe that Justin DePietro knows fully what happened and is probably fully responsible for what happened to this little girl. Why we haven't heard information from the sister or the ex-girlfriend is anyone's guess. And like you said, maybe they're just too involved. Now, according to Trista, she says that police basically told her that Ayla was killed, wrapped up, put in the plastic tote that we mentioned, the plastic tote bag found in the basement and disposed of. Of course, but where is anyone's guess? If they had her remains, I think they are moving forward with charges of murder against Justin DePietro. On the ninth anniversary of Ayla's disappearance in December of 2020, things were on hold. They were pending preparation for the civil trial. Trista's attorney, William Childs, said that he was awaiting documents from the state attorney general's office. He pointed out that $500,000 of investigation by the state of Maine went into Ayla's case and had produced a lot of materials that he needed to review for the civil suit. Trista's family set up a GoFundMe account to help pay for legal expenses. Now, this is not for the attorney. The attorney is working pro bono here. He's doing good work in trying to help out some people in need. The GoFundMe account is to help pay for legal expenses for expert witness fees. Child said that because of the pandemic, there would be a long delay before a trial happened since civil trials are less priority than criminal trials. So we will sit, Captain, and we will wait to find out what is going to happen in this civil case and see if it leads to more information, information that might lead to the recovery of the remains of this little girl, which could then lead to charges against Justin DePietro, maybe his ex-girlfriend Courtney and his sister Alicia. As a result of Ayla's case, Waterville 911 dispatch became the third in the state of Maine to be certified in procedures designed to better handle 911 calls in a missing person's case. And that might help in cases where the caller genuinely is concerned and mm -hmm. wants the missing person to be found. However, if the caller is only pretending to seek police involvement and has no intention of communicating helpful information, all the training in the world will not help police find the victim.
want to thank you guys so much for joining us here every week in the garage. You truly are our best friends in the whole entire world. Colonel, any recommended reading? How about a little recommended viewing, Captain? Let's remind everyone that The Sons of Sam is available for your viewing pleasure on Netflix. Director and longtime friend of The Garage, Joshua Zemans, The Sons of Sam is a Netflix docuseries that confronts a true crime legend. And speaking of legends, this is an added bonus. The great Paul Giamatti narrates the series, and Giamatti is fantastic as a narrator. We've had Joshua on the show in the past to discuss his other works, The Killing Season and Killer Legends, and we had Son of Sam victim Carl De Niro on Off the Record, on our other show Off the Record not too long ago, to discuss his experience as a surviving victim of a serial killer. Watch Sons of Sam on Netflix. And until next week, be good, be kind, and don't litter. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers.